Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Our guest today on the podcast is a soul brother of mine named Rob Carney. Rob owns and operates Whole Health Connections, which is centered around assisting individuals in their health journeys by connecting the dots to wellness as a whole. He is a Czech licensed holistic lifestyle coach, a breathwork expert, as well as a functional movement proponent and trainer. Not only this, but he also runs the Whole Health Connections podcast, which brings attention to all aspects of health from diet to sleep to mindfulness and more. Rob also recently co-founded an event named Ice and Iron, which is a monthly men's meetup centered around giving men a healthy outlet to become the full expression of our authentic selves while giving space for community simultaneously. Please help me in giving Rob a warm welcoming to the show. What's up, my man? Hello, brother. Good morning. How are you, my man? I'm doing awesome. Doing awesome. Uh, thank you for stopping by the show. It's awesome to have you on. Absolutely, man. And thank you for having me first and foremost. And as you said, it's always great connecting with like-minded individuals. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. And I'm excited to uh, share what we can make some magic together here this morning. Absolutely. And so I thought, you know, it would be good if you could start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. So kind of a little bit about my background. So when I was 17, um, I was a state swimmer. Uh, I played lacrosse, swimming. Um, and at that point, summer going to my senior year, I had a pretty bad concussion. And so that kind of was a wake-up call that I couldn't do any physical activities for about five months without getting dizzy, headaches, whatever. So I kind of had to reevaluate things um, at a fairly early age. And that led me onto the path of doing meditation and yoga. And those, those are some of the only activities I could do which led into interest in psychology, nutrition, um, the food systems, and kind of just went down the whole rabbit hole uh, through the end of my high school and early college. And then I ended up um, transferring to UMass Amherst from University of New Hampshire my junior year of college and ended up studying sustainable food and farming, concentrating on holistic health. So I took some herbalism classes. Um, I took a couple of shamanism courses. Um, anything in the world of health from food, human, nutrition, anything, anything that was health I'd do. And I'd study with nutritionists, acupuncturists, massage therapists, just anyone that would let me work for them, whether it's for free as an intern or as a job. So I did that for a number of years. Then when I graduated college in 2016, I started traveling a lot and I spent a great deal of time in Asia in 2017, um, Sri Lanka, Malaysia, Philippines, and Thailand. And I did some meditation retreats while I was out there. I worked in Sri Lanka on a farm for two months with my buddy. I was the only American. No one spoke English. So a lot of experiences just to kind of learn about myself and how everything's connected. And again, much my biggest takeaway, one of my big takeaways from the Sri Lanka time for those two months was just communicating with people without the use of a common language. And a lot of that was body language just energetic connection and just again you throw a smile at someone they smile back and it's like all right we're cool like we can't universal language (laughs) exactly like we can't say anything but it was just learning a lot of those little skills and just how important it is to see the other side of extreme poverty in Sri Lanka a lot of them don't have shoes don't have toilets um you name it so that was a humbling experience and then fast forward I moved to LA for about a year in 2018 and then when I came back, 
Um, I was at a startup company, didn't quite start up. So at that point, I was like, all right, you know what? I got to take my, my fate into my own hands here. I was, I've always wanted to make my own business, but I had just been afraid, quite honestly, afraid of taking that leap, afraid of failing. Um, but then when I moved back and it was kind of, I was in $10,000 credit card debt, it was kind of like, well, <laughs> I got nothing else to lose. So I might as well, might as well go into it. And so I did, and it started off very different than what it is now. Um, it was a referral business, referring a lot of those nutritionists, acupuncturists, et cetera, that I worked with to people. And I realized very quickly that I was not going to be paying the bills, that there was a lot of effort for a small referral fee. Um, and then I started focusing on the coaching, setting of the Czech Institute. Um, I studied a lot of Paul Czech, Elliot Hulse. Uh, Troy Casey, Wim Hof, you name it, anyone, reading a lot of books over the years. And eventually I just opened the Czech Institute building building around that. And so and looking to do more live events, as you mentioned, with the ice and iron. So that's, that's the latest venture. And it's, um, so yeah, coaching products and events has been my main focus as the late. That's awesome. And, you know, it's really amazing because, you know, you touched on a lot of good things there. And really, you know, the journey of, you know, you know, the inner journey is really the most important one that most people don't even get a chance to go on, especially with society as, you know, busy as it is. And I think that, you know, really what you did was, you know, you tuned into your inner feelings and you really just took the risk, you know, and that's, I think, one of the biggest aspects of life that I've been tuning into recently with starting Highly Optimized and doing all these things is realizing that the fear is always going to kind of be there, but you can choose to, you know, forget everything and run or face everything and rise, you know, and, you know, those two definitions of fear is something that I always try to keep in my, you know, my, my hindsight, you know, as something that, you know, guides me back to wherever I'm looking to be. I mean, if something feels nervous and exciting, I always, I always know it's for me. (laughs) Totally. And that's the whole comfort zone thing that's becoming very cliche, but it's completely true. It's in at the edge of your comfort zone. You're going to feel those nervous, excitement feelings. And as you said, you got to dive into those. Yeah. So many of us is, We've been conditioned to believe that failure is bad. Failure is wrong. You shouldn't fail. You're you're a failure if you fail. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is that we learn when we fail. And more often than not, we learn more when we fail than when we succeed. And granted, Mm -hmm. obviously, there's a lot of learning in succeeding as well. But I think had I not failed, again, I put that in quotation marks because I I don't even think it's a failure. It's just a learning experience. Yeah. And I think that part of that is what what grows us, it's what shapes us. And a lot of what I've been really being more conscious of lately is my limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And that's something that as I've been developing my business, growing my business, growing myself, and just diving further down this rabbit hole of personal development and business development is that I have a lot of limiting beliefs. And last month, I just had my most successful month in business since I started. And it's funny, then this, then I kind of had like a, almost like a success hangover where it's like, do I deserve this? Am I worthy of this? And just kind of after I saw the numbers, I was like, holy shit, like I've never done that before. And not to say it's a million dollars or anything crazy, but it, for me, it but was a, a milestone. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I had these feelings of like, am I, am I good enough for that? How can I even make it further than that? And then it was just interesting to then take a step back and be like, whoa, yes, first of all, yes, you are worthy of that. You worked really hard for that. But two, it's like, it was just very cool in hindsight to see that I still have these only beliefs that I thought that I'd overcome. And no matter as we're leveling up, we reach these new levels, but there's always something, whether it's from our past of conditioning or just, just some sort of limiting belief that there's always work to be done is the point that I'm getting at. And no matter how far along the journey we go, 
there's always more to explore. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up a, another good point where it's like the entrepreneurial disease, it seems to have imposter syndrome, where it's like, there's a <laughs> yeah. certain point where you're like, wait, this is, am I, am I like, you know, like worthy of getting this much money and am I ripping people off? And it's like, you know, what I've noticed for my own self is that, you know, as you do something more and more, and as you get into it more and more, it's never going to go away, but you get more used to living with it. Um, you know, I used to run a guitar lesson uh, business back, God, when I was in college about four years ago. And it was the same thing. You know, I started getting more and more clients and I started going, I, I don't know everything there is to know about music. Should I be making this money? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's really just the sign of someone who's really invested in learning. But I think, you know, like you were saying, you either win or learn, you know, and that's one of my favorite shirts that I have is you either win or learn because mm -hmm. really, you know, you only lose if you fail to try. You know, and I think that, you know, for entrepreneurs in general, we can be really hard on ourselves, but it's important to realize that that doesn't really get us anywhere. And so always learning the lesson, whether you, you know, quote unquote, fail or you win is always the most important. Totally. And I, I think, as you say, with the entrepreneurial side of things, is that at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur and an aspiring entrepreneur, we are accountable for everything we do. We are responsible for everything we do. We can choose to wake up and do nothing that day. We can choose and wake up and work for 18 hours. And I think that for me, the first year, I mean, at this point, I started my business September 2018. So the first year was really just kind of floundering away and just trying to figure out how do I, how do I get myself on a schedule? How do I kind of make myself do this when there's days where I wake up and say, well, I don't have to work today. And I think a lot of that just comes with time and experience. And, and I think at the end of the day, it's really just having that passion, that purpose. And that's what I've really found is just having that purpose is the fuel on the days that I wake up, like this morning, I got up at 645, the alarm, I was like, do I really, I'm so tired. I really don't want to get up right now. But then it's like, you know what? I got some stuff to do. I got some work I want to get done before the podcast. I have a great podcast that we're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I want to be ready for it. I want to, I want to have my momentum going and I want to keep that momentum. So to me, it's really just once I have the purpose, and even now I have my purpose of the coaching and the products and the events, but it's getting more specific. And I've found that it's always getting more specific. And I think that in my own experience and from learning from very successful people is that clarity is key. And yes, we can have a purpose and purpose is essential, but within that purpose, under that umbrella, we got to be even more clear and off those clarity points, we've got to be more clear. It's just this it's almost like this tree that's ever yeah, evolving pyramid. into getting more clear. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. And getting to the bottom of how clear can we be? And I think that once we have clarity, then the things that we're looking to achieve start to manifest themselves. And I think mm -hmm. that's a big part is just finding that clarity. Yeah. And, you know, speaking on clarity, you know, one of the biggest things I've done for myself in the past four years that have helped with my clarity is mindfulness, you know, and meditation and breath work and all of those things. And I know you're a huge fan of a lot of that as well. Could you maybe tell the listeners a little bit about what you do in that realm and also some of the, maybe your favorite exercises and maybe some of the favorite modalities you use to keep yourself, you know, in have having great clarity? Totally. So before I go into the clarity part, I just kind of want to, you just spark something in me that I've really been focusing on lately as well is changing my chemistry. And that's been something that anytime, I mean, I'm not an anxious person by any means. I rarely get anxious. Sometimes I just feel stifled. Sometimes if I'm working too long and I've been in my room and I've just been reading and writing and working and just like, and then sometimes like, ah, so I've been really trying to remind myself, change your chemistry. So 
whether that's breath work, whether that's taking a cold shower, maybe that's taking a hot shower, but doing things like taking a cold shower, breathing, moving, I'd say those are the things that help me most and I'm feeling stifled. I, I tend to find that sometimes sitting in a still meditation doesn't work as well when I'm feeling stifled. Um, simply because a lot of times the stifleness is more, I need to change my chemistry and my body to move. So it's really about learning, learning our own bodies and learning which tools are most appropriate given a situation. So if I'm feeling tired, that's a good time or feeling uncreative. That's a good time. I'll do a sitting meditation because I don't have the energy. I'm trying to restore energy. But if I have too much mental energy and too much physical energy, that's when I'll do something like breath work. I'll do something like a cold shower, maybe some yoga, maybe a workout, maybe go for a walk, just moving the body and changing the chemistry. And that's been a huge part that I've been focusing on lately with is just whenever I'm feeling stifled, change your chemistry. That's, that's yeah. kind of been my, my motto. Um, yeah. And in terms of clarity, I think a big part of that is changing the chemistry. First of all, is just making sure that we don't fall into these ruts. And when we do, not, we'll always fall into ruts. Let me rephrase that. We will always fall into ruts no matter how successful we get. But learning how to adapt to those and keeping that clarity through things like journaling, things like meditation, things like walking, things like hanging out and having conversations with other like-minded people, I think is very helpful. I mean, since I, I co-founded this Ice and Iron with my buddies, Eddie and Jordan, that you know, I can say my creativity has gone through the roof just by having conversations with those guys when we're brainstorming for the event. And it's just this whole stacking, I, stacking of ideas where, let's say, I'm like, hey, what do you guys think about this? And they're like, I like that. But what about this? And then what about that? And now all of a sudden, it's, we had this tiny idea that's boom, 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 boom. And it's and we can our meetings used to be hours and now we we just had a thirty minute meeting last night we got a lot done and we're getting really really good about creating the energy so I think being around like minded people is very important for getting your clarity because there's a lot of work we can do by ourselves at the end of the day I believe that we are social creatures and we need each other to survive because I mean at the end of the day it's like yeah I could survive in the woods by myself I've lived in the cabin in the woods by myself for six weeks I've done that. It was cool for a few weeks, and then I was like, oh, man, I want to talk to some people. So I've, I've, I've dove into that realm as well, and I think it is important just to find that balance. And I think that goes for clarity, that goes for happiness, that goes for health, that goes for anything. It's just finding balance and learning ourselves, learning the tools, the tips, the tricks, whether that's breath work, journaling, meditation, walking, tai chi, strength training ice baths, whatever, ice, ice showers. There's so many different modalities and not all of them are for everyone. So I, my advice is always when I'm working with clients, I give them a lot of options. I say, here's five different breath works. Here's a few different meditations. Here's a few different, whatever, stress relieving techniques. You're not going to like all of them. That's okay. You're not me. I don't even like all these all the time, but they're a tool in the arsenal to know that when you feel this, you can go there. And I'd say that's the biggest thing is just building your toolbox so when you come up against um, roadblocks, which you inevitably will, we all do, it's just knowing that you can be prepared to take those on. I think it's very helpful for pursuing the purpose and keeping that mental clarity, that physical clarity, and just being focused on the, the purpose at hand. Yeah. And I think it's so important. You know, I know speaking for myself, 
for a long time, I was doing way too many yang focused, you know, uh, mm-hmm. activities like strength training and things of that nature. And really my body was craving more yin, you know, and that was one of the mm-hmm. big takeaways I got from HLC one when I went out to California. And, uh, it's funny because, you know, as soon as I started doing that, that's when I started actually realizing like, wow, there's a lot that can be gained from this side of things as well. And it wasn't like I innately thought I wouldn't gain anything, but it just was something that never came into my mind. And um, I know that, you know, wellness in general is kind of a charged term these days, you know, there's a lot, you know, there, but could you define maybe what wellness, overall wellness means to you and maybe how to achieve that? I know we've already talked about some of the ways, but maybe, you know, diet, sleep, et cetera. Yeah, that's a great question. Because as you said, wellness, holistic health are becoming very trendy, uh, which is good. Um, But also on the other side, it's diluted what I think the essence of what it is. And so the way I view holistic health and wellness, um, which I kind of put into one category, I think that they're one and the same. It starts with balance. Well, let me back up. It starts with having a purpose because you need something that wakes you up every morning, as we talked about, to get you going. Then it comes to balance. As you just mentioned, when I was living in LA a couple of years ago, I was very yang as well. I traveled every single weekend for trade shows across the country. We'd work Monday through Thursday, hop on a plane Thursday, do a trade show Thursday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'd come back, do it all over again. Sometimes it'd be weeks without a day off. And I was also lifting. A lot while I was there, I put on about 25 pounds for the first time ever in like five months. I got put on a lot of weight pretty quickly. I was bulking. And then at some point, I tore a muscle in my back. And now here I am two years later and still a nagging injury that I don't lift in as much. I mean, I do, but it's much more, it's much lighter. I do more stuff like maces, clubs, um, more functional movements, um, a lot more yin work. But again, I was too yang. I didn't have balance and I burnt myself out. I broke my body down. And I was 24 years old at the time or 23. However, I was young. I mean, I'm 26 now, but it's like, if, if I'm doing that now, it's like, God, what would happen if I did that for 20 years? And so I think it starts with purpose, starts with balance. And then from there, I really go into the six foundation principles that the check system uses. That's broken into yin and yang again, the balance. And there's balance within each of these. So the yang being moving, thinking, breathing. And then yin, nutrition, hydration, sleep. And of course, off of each of those, movement can be yin or yang. There's balance on each of those. And so focusing on those six foundation principles in addition to stress, I think is very important. So really focusing on our stress because so many of us are just chronically stressed that we don't even realize it. And it's not until we shed that stress or we're like, holy shit, I was stressed. And even myself, there's still times where, and I've, I've gotten pretty good at it but there's still times like wow i've been holding on to that for years i didn't realize i was stressing them so i think focusing on stress relief first and foremost i think is essential so when i'm doing coaching i focus on stress sleep and energy so we first we eliminate the stress or reduce as much as possible because if you're stressed you're probably not sleeping you probably don't have energy so then when your stress is lowered now we're going to focus on sleep now you can probably sleep a little bit better because if you're sleeping while you're stressed, you're probably just passing out or you're waking up in the middle of the night or whatever. So I go stress, then sleep, then energy. Because once you've done the stress and sleep, you're probably going to be having more energy anyway. And then you're focusing on the six foundation principles, doing some movement. And usually I'm telling clients don't work out, which some people are like, what do you mean don't work out? But the fact of the matter is, as you said, most people are too yang. Most people are overstressed. And if you're doing things like cardio, if you're running on treadmill, that's producing more cortisol, more adrenaline. 
we already have those stress hormones in the body. My intention is for the first few weeks, usually I say the first four to six weeks of working with the client is like, we're not doing any working out. We're just working in. We're getting that energy, that stress down. We're building that energy up and we're recharging that battery that's been depleted. And sometimes it takes more than four to six weeks. Sometimes it takes months because people are so chronically stressed. So the long answer to your question is to have wellness and to feel wellness is to take a sustainable approach to having a purpose and finding balance and a sustainable approach to having those six foundation principles so that you can be a happy, healthy, sustainable individual. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree that wellness really is a multifaceted issue. And I also agree that, you know, if you're working out in a very stressed state, it can, you know, produce some pretty negative results. Um, I know for me, I pushed through a lot of injuries as well, and they are still nagging me today as well, you know? And uh, that's why nowadays I'm much more of a fan of functional movements, uh, like animal flow and yoga in general. Um, what are some of your functional movements that you go to? I know you do a little bit of steel mace. Um, I saw you went to Mexico recently and you were on this awesome, you know, little workout gym outside. Um, so if you could maybe tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, some of the functional movement exercises you like the most that produce the best body results. Totally. So I think that what I've found is that I still do like weights. I enjoy weights. I think they have a place. With that being said, form is so essential that because of my injuries, they've created muscle imbalances that I try to avoid weights right now simply because I'm compensating so much that my form is just honestly garbage and a lot of exercises because of I just compensated for the past few years. So working with Jordan, um, one of my co-founders, Ice and Iron, he is so incredibly good at form where I basically only do weights on it with him because he's like, yo, you're doing this wrong, try adjusting that, blah, blah, and then I heal it. So right now I do things that I know I'm doing correctly, which are, or not, I know I'm doing correctly, that heal correctly they don't feel like they're causing discomfort um, i do a lot of barefoot running which is difficult in the winter um, so i tend to do more walking in the winter because i don't like running on concrete it's not great for the joints and i've had a knee uh, small knee tear in my meniscus over the years so when i run on concrete that gets a little worked up um, but i do a lot of barefoot running on grass uh, sand usually sprinting sometimes i'll do some jogging but i tend not to do much in the long cardio just my body type. I'm more, I was a swimmer and sprint as uh, I was a swimming sprinter as well. Um, I like to do kettlebells, but nothing crazy, just kind of using them for the instability of the kettlebell as opposed to a dumbbell. I do some light dumbbells. I have a 15 pound, some dumbbells, a 25 pound dumbbell. So I kind of keep it light. Um, I have the steel maces, steel clubs. I'll do body weight activities, whether that's pull ups, um, push ups handstands, cartwheels, anything that's just moving my body, um, jumping. So hiking. So a lot of times too, is I just try to make it fun. And I think that's a part that we are missing in society with our idea of exercise is that you got to go to the gym, you go there for an hour and a half, and then you go home, you have your protein powder, and then you don't stretch. It's like, again, it's too yang. So for me, I try to make it fun. I like to go hiking, specifically barefoot hiking. And that way too, is you're feeling those rocks and you're like, every few steps, like shit, that hurt. Like you step on a sharp rock and it, it, it sends that surge of energy up your body. So I like to make it fun. A lot of times I'll try to avoid rocks. I'll try to run around while I'm hiking, trying to avoid rocks or jump only on rocks. I just try to make it fun and try to make some play out of it. 
and with the swords and mazes, I feel like I'm a badass ninja warrior. So it's like, <laughs> so I, I do, I try to make it fun. It's like, so, and I try to avoid using music when I'm working out, unless there's no lyrics, because a lot of times I'll get caught up in the lyrics that I'm not really focusing on my exercise. Like it's a distraction, as you said, depending on what you're doing while you're working out can really affect the quality of the workout. And so I'm trying to become as mindful as possible when I'm moving. I think that's kind of the biggest thing, just being very present, not having distractions. I try not to check my phone. Of course, I'm not perfect at that, but I try to avoid music. I try to avoid using the phone and just really kind of tune in with my breath into the movements and try to breathe with the movements, try to make it fun. And again, keep it brief. A lot of times, like yesterday, I moved for 15 minutes. That's all my body needed. The day before, I did 45 minutes. But I try to keep it 45 minutes or less, um, simply because a lot of the research I've done with my own body and just research suggests that after 45 minutes, we're kind of producing more of those stress hormones because we're in overload and we're not meant to work for that long. And in many cases, obviously, we can condition the body. But again, that's not where my body's at right now. So yeah, keep it fun, be mindful, and focus on breathing. Yeah. And that's one of the best takeaways I got from my friend Leah Drew is that, you know, she always says, she goes, when I go to the gym or when I'm doing anything, I'm not going there to work my body out. I'm going there to move my body, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm going there. She said, you know, when I get there, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, what are you doing? You know, friends that see her at the gym or whatever. She's like, I don't really know yet. I'm going to kind of tune into mm -hmm. what I'm feeling and go from there. Because I think, you know, if we don't pay attention to what our body's telling us, the pain teacher will come through to teach us. And Absolutely. I, yeah. And I know that, you know, you've had some experience with the pain teacher. I've had some experience with the pain teacher. Could you maybe tell the listeners what the pain teacher is and how to look out for it when you're doing pretty much any daily activity? Totally. And I think that before I dive into that, just on the point you just touched on, is I've reframed the term working out to training. Mm -hmm. So my training for the day might be doing yoga. My training for the day might be doing maces. My training for the day might be doing maces, sprinting, and kettlebells and dumbbells. And as you said, it's listening to the body. So instead of saying, I'm going to work out, I have these sets I'm going to do, I'll have a rough framework. Like, all right, yesterday I did some back. Um, today I'm probably going to focus on chest. But if my chest is like, no, bro, not today. All right, I'm going to see how my legs are doing, see how my core is doing. So I just kind of listen to my body. And again, I call it training as opposed to working out. Because I found that is just a, it's a reprogramming in my own brain that I found to be very helpful. Um, and to answer your question, the pain teacher, the pain teacher is <laughs> a bittersweet friend and foe. Uh, we couldn't do without it as humans. If we didn't have pain, we probably would have cut off every single finger. And by now, we probably had every single bone broken. We probably we probably wouldn't be alive if we didn't have the pain teacher. <laughs> so the fact of the matter is, is pain is actually a good thing. It's signaling our bodies. Like when you put your hand on that stove, it's like, bro, take that off. Because if you didn't have that pain receptor, you could leave your hand in there. Is just like burn your entire hand or if you don't know something's hurting you break your whole body or every bone or every rib or whatever so i think recognizing the pain teacher is actually here to help us not here to hurt us i think is a very important distinction and with that being said is learning to listen to the pain teacher before let's say let's even change it to the discomfort teacher when the discomfort teacher shows itself that's saying, hey, man, the, the pain teacher is going to be right around the corner if you don't listen to me. So right now, I've, I've kind of got this, again, from the injury. Sometimes I get like a little tightness in here. It's like, 
little discomfort teacher. And to me, it's like, all right, I got to move today, but it's going to be gentle movement because a lot of times I find that that discomfort is due to lack of movement. I got to stretch a little more, maybe do some foam rolling, maybe do some yoga or even just some very light, like I have the five pound clubs. And sometimes those are good just having a little bit of resistance, but not enough that's a workout. Um, so yeah, so I'd say listening to the discomfort teacher, recognizing that the pain teacher is right on the other side of that door. If you don't listen to that discomfort teacher and then the pain teacher is there to help you and recognizing that proper form and breathing. And no matter what you do, if you're moving your couch into the other room, it's like, yeah, you want to make sure you're in a, a squat, you're not bending at your back. And if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. And I think that at the end of the day is again, listen to your body and recognizing the pain teachers on our side. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> I've figured that out over the years, the hard way, plenty of times. And, um, and I still, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll, you know, try to muscle through things and immediately realize like, oh my God, I should have just taken it easy today. Um, are there any types of yoga that you go to, especially when you're feeling that type of thing, like a yin yoga or more like a restorative mm -hmm. yoga over like a more important, like an like intense one, like a Bikram for, for chance? Totally. So, Personally, I don't do any sort of vinyasa, power vinyasa yoga. It's not good for my body. I don't enjoy it. It doesn't feel good. I don't feel good after. I tend to feel overstretched. Um, so I always go for the restorative, the hatha, the, anything that's real restorative, relaxing, breathing. And I actually have, I have a theory on the power yoga, the workout yoga, is that to me, it just doesn't logically make sense. Because when we're exercising, we're tightening our muscles to keep them strong but in the net power yoga we're stretching and also trying to strengthen in a stretch state so to me that just doesn't really make a lot of sense and just like as i said like a lot of times my hamstrings after like a power workout yoga i was like oh they feel awful like they've been stretched and worked out and stretched and worked out it's like it's, there's no there's no balance in my opinion the same feelings those. yeah and, I, and yeah and it, it's just to me i think that's a westernized approach that we've we've taken a twist on yoga and tried to make it into a workout where it's a yin activity and we're trying to make a yin activity into a yang. And I think that's the result is that there's no balance in there. And that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, I tend to go to restorative yoga, tend to go to the more calming, the, the really yin yogas, the true yin yogas. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've, yin yoga is one of my favorites, you know, and for a long time I did Bikram, which um, is brutal. And I love it because I love yang energy focused things, but like very similar to what you were saying, my hamstrings literally felt like they were going to explode most times after. And it took me about a year and a half of doing it to realize like, you know, I just don't think this is for me because I think not only was my body screaming at me, but also I wasn't doing, I was I was not really realizing that I was supposed to be doing yoga for my mind, not my body. Mm. And you're right that the Western approach is to make everything hard and intense and fierce. And I think we do yoga a big disjustice when we do that. And so I share that opinion with you. And I know that, you know, America specifically, but the whole world right now is in a big state of dis-ease. And so I was wondering if you might be able to talk a little bit about, you know, other than the things we've already spoken about, maybe some of the other things that people are not realizing, maybe that are scotomas in their life, hidden blind spots that are causing a lot of this dis-ease throughout society. Yeah, I think it's everything we've talked about. I think it's stress. I think it's lack of purpose. And I think it's lack of balance. And I think there's obviously there's a lot more depth to that. but Again, you look at the typical American lifestyle, they wake up to an alarm, already tired, they snooze it, they're already feeling behind, they're already stressed, they're already dreading the day, they probably either don't eat breakfast or they grab something shitty, 
that's fast food on the way to work. They eat on the way to work or at their desk when they get there. They're working at a job, staring at a screen all day, doing something they don't like, sitting at their desk, eating lunch. And I forgot to mention the commute there probably sucks too. And yeah. then and then they go home. The commute sucks. They're too tired. They don't have energy to make the real meal. They get fast food or take get takeout or do a microwave dinner. And then they have all these, they either sit and watch TV or they feel like they have to attend to their family because they're, they're so disconnected that it feels like a chore to be with their family at that point. So I think it's just this whole disconnect from, from being in our body. We're so in our head. We're so goal-oriented, which is good when it has purpose and has balance. But I think that we are so in the rat race as a culture that it's like, all right, I go to high school, I go to college, I get a good job, I sit there for 40 years, then I retire. I know that paradigm is changing with our generation that people are changing jobs a lot more rapidly. Um, I've got a little bunny friend on my window right here. But yeah, no, I think people are so in their head that it's more just, and they're so disconnected from their own truth. So I think that my biggest thing, as I said, is I start with reducing stress because no one's thinking clearly when they're stressed. No one is able to even consider like, what's my purpose? What is the the greater good need? What do I need to do to take care of my health? It's like for them, it's like, holy shit, like I wake up every day, I have to go to my job to just put food on the table. And then it's just this whole cycle that people can be caught up in that tornado for years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. You have people that are in their 60s, 70s that are just like, now retiring is like what do i do like they don't even have a sense of identity without their without their workaholic nature so i think it starts with reducing stress first and foremost over everything and then finding that balance and getting into the body as i said we're so caught up in our heads that i think that by just simply walking for 20 minutes a day even 10 minutes a day five minutes a day to start can completely revolutionize anyone's life because it's it's one it's getting that you're breathing because when you're moving you're breathing you're getting fresh air if you're outside even if you're on a treadmill you're still moving and breathing but preferably outside you're exposed to nature you're grounding yourself preferably again preferably barefoot but there's steps to this we start with walking anywhere so reducing stress and just moving and again i think that's the most simple form in hydration i think is a big one too we're chronically dehydrated as a culture and not drinking quality water um, so not drinking your tap water, get a, a filter at the minimum, just get like a Brita filter if that's all you can get. Otherwise there's spring water, which is better. And there's so many different levels to water that I think we don't even think about. Um, let's say, yeah, just for a, a takeaway for the general person, reduce stress, move more and drink more quality water. I'd say is where I would start. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think the other thing that I've, you know, really been focusing on that a lot of people don't have is community. You know, and I know that, you know, what you and Eddie and Jordan are trying to do right now or that you are doing with Ice and Iron is you're creating a community, a healthy outlet for men to go to where they feel safe, you know, and they feel like they can be heard and they feel like they can, you know, talk to other men about their problems and the issues they're going through and also the wins they're having, you know. And so I know we've touched briefly on Ice and Iron, but could you talk a little bit about what the goals are with that? Maybe when the next one is and kind of what the whole process of the event looks like. Absolutely. So we came together a few months ago. We got brunch at this restaurant called The Farmer's Daughter, which is a farm-to-table restaurant. Um, 
and we came together simply because Eddie and I had hung out. I, I kind of talked briefly to Jordan that when we did some of these events more casually over the summer, summer of 2019, that is. And eventually, like, you know what? There's three of us get together. We're three like-minded individuals. Let's just see, see if we can make something. Let's see what we can do. See what ideas we flow. And we came up with the ice and iron. Um, and the idea is just building that community. And a community for men specifically, because I think that, I don't think that, I, I strongly believe that we have lost that community within men. I mean, you see um, a lot of women have girls' nights. They go, they do pedicures together, manicures together. They do, Again, that's generalizing, but women have activities they do together. They'll do movie nights together. They'll do girl dates, whatever. And I think men, we've kind of lost that community. And having been an athlete in high school, having a sports team that was really when I thought about that was the last time I had like a a community regular scheduled meeting for something that was physical and kind of got that competitive masculine energy out of us so what we were thinking is how can we create something that is a holistic approach that's going to be teaching people whole wellness mind body and spirit and something that's going to be building community and so we're like, well, we love ice baths. We love working out. Um, between all of our skills, it's like I, I'm pretty good at breath work. Eddie is an incredible chef. He's an incredible community builder. He's an incredible host. Jordan's an incredible trainer. We all have our different traits that we kind of brought together. It was like, why don't we do something like this? And then we came together with the ice and iron. And so basically what a typical schedule looks like is People show up, we kind of chat for a little bit, then we'll do some, like, just a little overview of the day. Um, we'll do a little working in, as we talked about, kind of building up some energy, and then we'll do a work out, so we'll exert some energy, build a lot of heat. We'll do some breath work to fuel the fire even more, and kind of just relax the body a little bit after that, uh, physically, after the workout, like, maintaining the heat. Then we'll hop in the ice, and we'll cool the iron off, so you think about when you're um, I don't know if anyone listening has ever done any sort of welding um, or mason work, but it's like basically you you're, you put it in the in the um, the fire, you heat it up, you hit it with the hammer, so you're shaping the tool, and you put in cold water. So essentially, that's what we're doing with our body and our mind is we're heating ourselves up, we're creating that shape with a workout, with a breath work, we're creating that ideal physical and mental framework. And then we put in the ice, we plunge in the ice, and we cool it off. Now we hold that mold. So that's a, a metaphor I like to use, but obviously there's a lot of benefits going on the ice and all that as well. And so that's a general idea. Then we have some healthy snacks and foods and just let people chill and, and chat after for a bit. And then we wrap up and we do it again. So as of right now, we're doing that once a month. The next one is March 1st, as they were recording that this coming Sunday. Um, that we usually do them um, once a month, usually the first Saturday or Sunday of every month. So the first weekend of the month, we kind of, playing around with the dates to see what works for people. Um, but yeah, that's the general overview. We're just trying to bring together like-minded individuals, specifically men and down the road, we will be doing co-ed events as well. Uh, but as of right now, we're starting with men as that's what we are with the dudes. So, <laughs> so we're doing starting with there and yes, we definitely want to do co-ed stuff as well. And we have that plan for the spring. Um, but as of right now, we're building that male community. We will definitely always have the men groups, we believe, and then also doing co-ed as well. So that's where we're at. And it's, it's growing. It's been a lot of fun. And we've we appreciated you and everyone that's showed up to make it possible. So I want to thank you for being a part of that. 
Yeah. And guys, I can't tell you enough, you know, ice and iron is a friggin' blast. It's so much fun. I've loved cold showers for a long time, but an ice bath is a whole new animal. So definitely go check it out. And I know, you know, Rob, you and I could talk all day, but I know you have something to do at 1030. So I don't want to keep you too long, but I do want to give you a chance to plug everything you're doing. Where can people find you? Where can people contact you um, for your services? I know you coach. I know you do a lot of different things. Um, so anything and everything you want to plug, please, please do so. Thank you, man. So the best place to find me at this point is Instagram. Um, I'm most active on my Instagram. It's just at whole health connections, all word W H O L E health connections with an S. So that's the best way. Um, that's where I'm most current with posting content. Um, also on my Facebook page, again, whole health connections, same with YouTube. I'd say those three are kind of the primary platforms are all whole health connections. Um, and then my website, you can go to wholehealthconnects.com. So wholehealthconnects, not wholehealthconnections.com. That domain name is $2,500. So I figure I'll take out the <laughs> ION. <laughs> so wholehealthconnects.com. Everything else is Whole Health Connections. Um, so yeah, those are the best places to find me. As I said, right now, I'm, I'm focused on the coaching, um, sharing organic products. So there's a couple organic nutrition lines that I work with. So I have some discount codes there. Um, that people can utilize to save a little bit of money um, while they're getting their organic nutrition in their bodies and then building community. So I'm always doing live events, whether that's Ice and Iron, um, a few other groups I work with, one called Mood Foods that we do some events and I'll do some meditations where we have like farm table dinners and stuff to kind of bring that mindfulness aspect. So I'm always interested in collaborating with other people, always interested in connecting with other people. Um, looking for one or two more coaching clients and not a lot more. I've already got a lot of my plate, but definitely would like to have one or two more. I said, could we do an eight week program? So, um, so yeah, I tend to try to make people independent for me as quickly as possible, which can be a challenge because I'm looking for new clients every couple months, but I think it's, it's more beneficial than having people dependent on me as a coach. So, so yeah, overall best place to find me Instagram at whole health connections. would love to chat. Um, but all things health, whether that's coaching, um, giving you some organic products, or just chatting. I'm always happy to chat about health. So, so yeah, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. And, uh, you know, again, Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show. Guys, Rob is someone who, from the first time I met, you know, I knew was a wealth of info and someone that would be a brother of mine for life. Make sure to check him out. Follow him on all applicable platforms. As I promise you, he will add nonstop value to your life and being as he has to mind. Until next time, everybody, journey well, be well, and namaste, Rob. Thanks for having me, brother. Have a great day. Thanks. You too, buddy. Peace. Peace. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are 
and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.